thing I, is, like that at that moment, my brain was like it was doing the Homer Simpson thing, mm-hmm. where like he pauses and then it goes inside of his head, and you see all the gears going yeah. around. And then like I pull out, I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. I know what's going on now. No, I mean this was um, that was my, what I went through too when that moment happened. I was afraid for a brief moment. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 431 with a review of Arrival. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm... <laughs> and if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, once again, we're doing the unthinkable, and we are meeting together directly after having just watched a film. Um, this time, it's not after midnight, uh, but... It's still early evening mm-hmm. on a Wednesday night, and uh, you know pretty soon we're going to be doing these reviews the, the week before the movie comes out. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about Arrival. How are you feeling this evening, Stephen? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling, well, actually horrible <laughs> about most of the world, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm very excited to talk about a movie that I'm going to say it has a more positive view of uh, maybe global politics <laughs> than the real world does right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do think it's weird though that uh, that the director he followed up. He's still fitting the same thing. He had enemy, prisoner, and now a rival. It's like almost the same name as enemy. Which funny that there's actually a shot in this film that reminded me of a shot in enemy, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this kind of imagery is going on here. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's another story for possibly later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever, did you ever see enemy? I did not know. Okay. Um, so even in a spoilery talk, I can't really tell you what this imagery is. No. Nope. <laughs> nope, you can't. I, I will say now, not to spoil my feelings for this movie, but I very much want to watch Enemy now. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe we'll, we'll re- return to it. and, and uh, yeah. or, or maybe the one it. he does next about finding life under the sea called an enemy. <laughs> nice. Not really nice. That, just, that was. I, I don't even know. I, I I can't. I can't, Stephen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're gonna talk about Arrival, which is a film I've been very excited to come out. And uh, but first, before we do that, uh, let's go ahead and listen to the trailer for Arrival, and then come back and give everybody a review. There are days that define your story beyond your life, like the day they arrived. I'm Colonel G.T. Weber from Army Intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they call him, the UFO. Who's being carted off in the medevac? Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, a door opens up. That's where we go in. It's done. Yeah, that just happened. What happens now? They arrive. They need to see me. Dr. Banks? Now that's a proper introduction. More objects have landed around the world. This is one of 12. I'm never going to be able to speak their words. Got two days. Figure something out. I am human. It's their language. We need to make sure that they understand the difference between a weapon and a tool. Language is messy, and sometimes one can be both. Are you dreaming in their language? It's possible they're prodding us to fight among ourselves. This is just a way to force us to work together for once. It's more complicated than that. How is it more complicated? Russia just executed one of their own to keep their secret. We've got 21 hours before they start global war. So how do we clarify their intentions? 
I go back in. Well, does this feel worse? All right, so you just listened to the trailer for Arrival, um, and basically it's the story of uh, these little bean-shaped chips that arrive on the planet. There's 12 of them, and uh, you know different world powers are trying to make contact with whatever this thing is and try to figure out what's going on. We have our hero, uh, who happens to be a linguist, or I guess... I think a linguist, yeah. Yeah, is it still a ling- linguist if it's not about the spoken part of word? She's 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 like a, there's a word for it, I think, but I think linguist is still in it, like ethnolinguist or something. Okay, well, she basically she knows her shit. She deciphers languages all the time for fun, um, and uh, the military slash government are bringing her in to try to figure out how to communicate with whatever these things are. Mm-hmm. And uh, the question is, will we be able to figure it out before the rest of the world? And will whatever message these things carry be good or bad for us? That's what we find out tonight at 10. Um, <laughs> but, Stephen, what did you think of this film? Uh, so I first want to preface that I had the full Jeff Kanata experience with this movie, uh, meaning I was aware that a film was coming out about aliens uh, by Denis Villeneuve. I'm going to pretend that's right. Yeah, um, good enough for me. <laughs> I knew it was coming out, and maybe I had seen a very, very brief trailer. Like I remembered small amounts of imagery from the film, but otherwise I went in completely blind. I knew, I didn't even remember who was in it until we looked it up a few minutes before yeah. the show. Um, I knew nothing about where the plot was going to go, about who the characters were, and I have to say I, I thought it was magnificent. I, I thought it was wonderful. I, this might be the most enthusiastic I've felt immediately after watching a film this year. Um, because this this film is so great for a blind watch. The First of all, the, the opening of this film was just gorgeous, I thought. It was... Uh, it, it, it hits so many beats at once. And it's funny because every movie I want to compare this to has Jessica Chastain in it for some reason. <laughs> Every recent film, uh, it's very Tree of Life, kind of very Terrence Malicky in the way it deals with memory as this kind of hyper-dream-like state. Yeah. Uh, it's very interstellar, obviously, but I think far, far... This is what Christopher Nolan wanted interstellar to be. Um, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> it, uh, it does so much with... I would say relatively little CG. There are moments with more, but even the small things, like just these beans in the sky, that was very take shelter to me, which again is Jessica Chastain. (laughs) And then it also has this very kind of optimistic contact-like view of science and the future of humanity, like uh, (laughs) The Martian, which again, anyway, you get get the point. Uh, This movie just... It combines so many different aesthetics in a way that is just wonderful. So it's deeply emotional. It's haunting. Uh, The way it builds suspense throughout the film as you first encounter these creatures and you follow Amy Adams as she's getting ready to go in and speak with them and entering the spaceship for the first time. Uh, my my heart was pounding. It was, yeah, I thought it was just phenomenally phenomenally well done. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's sort of terrifying. Like there's nothing yeah. technically scary about the imagery, but it's still haunting. And this thing that like it's so otherworldly, yes. and it's so, it's almost like. It's almost like they're, they're doing the signs thing where they don't show you the alien, but they also show you the alien. Yeah. It's like it's like a common. It's this. It's this like middle ground of like, no, we're gonna show you it, but we're just gonna obscure it. But you're they still do, they looking do it, right it, at they it. They do it in such a way where you would completely believe at the end of the film there could be a reveal where there's like a face you didn't see before. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're yeah. they're very very shadowy, and then beyond once back, it's out of the way. It it does everything that I think made Contact such a wonderfully enjoyable film, where it's really about human discovery about yeah. learning through the unknown and just the the way it shows the process as these scientists try to communicate with these creatures i'm I'm afraid to even say too much because almost anything i say about 
the outcome is going to be spoilery. So we probably have to have a spoiler talk. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do a spoiler talk at the yeah. end. But, um, but it, just, it, it hits every narrative beat well. It hits every visual beat well. It has, even before the larger reveals at the end, I would say it has some very beautiful metaphors about life and loss and the way existence works. Yeah. That even if that had only remained subtext the whole time, I would have walked away thinking this was masterful. Yeah. And I do. I think this is a, a masterful film. It it completely redeems everything I disliked about <laughs> Sicario, which I thought was, again, a, a beautiful film that knew how to build emotion very well. Yeah. But I thought it didn't know what it wanted to say. And this is a film that packs so much it wants to say in so little even there are flaws I can go into, but I don't even want to. I yeah, I, I yeah. love this movie. Um, so so I have seen the trailer for this film. I've seen it a lot of times because I watch it as often as I can mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've been very very excited to this film. Uh, once again, we were walking into the film and I was like, oh, I hope like when we when we saw uh, we saw Doctor Strange, I was like, oh god, I hope this is is good yeah. because it looks so great and I'm so excited to see this. And once again, we're walking into a film where. Uh, I'm completely excited to see it, and I hope that it lives up to my expectations. And then now we're reviewing it moments later. And uh, with Doctor Strange, I think we were celebrating the fact that like being able to talk about it so soon after seeing it made it more like alive, and we just saw it, and yeah, we get to talk about it already. This film, I, I don't know yet whether it's better that we're talking about it immediately or if I can have time to sit on it, because right. there's... Uh, for, first of all, I enjoyed the crap out of the film. Um, it's it's it. I, I believe it is a fantastic film. But uh, there's still there's like two halves of Chris inside mm-hmm. of me that are that are pulling apart. Like this is simultaneously great, amazing sci-fi, and also so, a film that like beca- like part of it is because I know that we're about to talk about it, and we're gonna like not say anything to each other as we like lift right. back before we start recording. And it's like. I'm forced to deconstruct it so quickly. Like during the film, as the ending is happening, yeah. I'm like, this is simultaneously brilliant and also I can just tear the shit out of this right now. Right. And it's it's so hard to like bounce this because it's it's an amazing film. It's 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 well acted, it's it's perfect mood. This isn't a film where it's like, oh shit, aliens are here, and then immediately like action happens and it's like, yeah, what are we gonna do about the aliens? This is People are in rooms talking, and most of the time it's people who can't understand each other. Right. <laughs> or, or stuff that can't understand each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like in, in, so in, in Independence Day when they keep flying the helicopter up to the ship and flashing lights at it. This is that scene extrapolated to an entire film. And that aspect of it is brilliant. I like where the story goes. I like the whole purpose of this film. But... I don't know. There, there's something about it, and we'll get into it in, in yeah. spoilers. But there's like something. I, I still. Oh, it's so hard because I, I want to praise this film so much, and I do. I do praise this film so much because I thought it was great. Um, but there's still things that I that 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 I go like, Matt, what about this thing? What 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 exactly is this about? And the, uh, I, I I should have predicted that that half of Chris would also be there yeah. because the. I, I don't even want to compare this to Sicario, and I'm sure if I had seen uh, uh, Prisoners or Enemy, yeah. did I get those or flip? One of them is plural and one is anyway. En- enemy is singular, yeah. and uh, but still, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Enemy is still plural, right? Enemy is both sure. singular and plurally. Yeah. Sure, okay. But also in the context of the story, there's two that are like, it's, right. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure if I had seen those, I would have more context to speak of in terms of uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, aesthetic and the sorts of things he does. Because I only have Sicario in my brain, I'm I'm inclined to compare this against that with the pros and the cons, where Sicario was really, really good at building, brooding emotion. And where I thought it fumbled is that it didn't know what it wanted to say. But I only cared that it didn't know what it wanted to say in an emotional level. Yeah. I didn't care if the specifics of it were fleshed out or not. And this film knows what it wants to say emotionally so well and so non-ham-fisted in the way that another movie about space and kind of similar <laughs> you already themes. Said stellar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it completely avoids that kind of ham-fistery. So I... I love what it says emotionally so much. I honestly didn't even want to try to deconstruct well, d- what it all means. That that is the interesting thing too, because it, it's 
it has so like making that comparison to interstellar interstellar is like the whole time you're like uh and also i can deconstruct this this is like a film where like you kind of don't have to deconstruct it because the the emotional beats are hitting so well and right. not in a cheesy way and they're bringing up really interesting things that like are worth having conversations about after the fact um, in a way that Interstellar didn't. Like in Interstellar, the whole conversation is like, this is what Nolan did, right? In this, it's like, oh man, like given this, like you have to like really, like would you this? And like it brings up these questions that make it really interesting. And the things that I can deconstruct are the things that the film literally didn't comment on at all. Right. Like the film just makes some statements and it's like, well, this story isn't about this. Mm -hmm. So like, if you really want to know, wait for this amount of time and eventually you'll find out what this is about. But it, it's a, it's a thing where, and like, you know, I looked up beforehand and like watching the film, I was like, was this based on like a novel or something? Cause it feels like it's paced like a novel. And like, there's right. moments that, that feel like, Oh, this would end a chapter or start a chapter. And like, it just feels like a story like that. And I guess it's based on a short story. Yeah. Um, so it still makes sense that it's coming. Like, so I can totally see reading this in a short story and not even caring about those other things because you're just like, Oh, like this works as a narr- like a nice clean narrative bow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, like part of my brain just wants to answer these questions that are related to the greater universe as a whole. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you need to, to appreciate the film and that's just like this this little part, this golem inside of me that just like wants to come out and like, what's about the world is? Yeah, and, and it has elements too. Like I, I would say this, a lot of Midnight Special is in this film in the sense that it is, it is building a sci-fi in a very artful, real world where the point of the sci-fi is almost entirely meant for the the emotional ramifications for the humans involved yeah and very little of it is about the laws of some new world or and and the more you stare at that the less you see yeah Um, this i think had way more meat to it than midnight special this this is like midnight special is just a narrative arc right that is set and happens to exist in a world where there are sci-fi elements. Like, this is hardcore sci-fi. Like, yeah. this is things arrive on a planet, and the time is spent to try to figure out a way to communicate, and you get to watch that. Um, like, as a, as a little nitpick, like, it would be nice to... Like, you get characters that mention how other um, countries uh, and other superpowers are trying to uh, learn stuff. And, right. you know, you kind of watch you watch the American side of things... And you're like, you see what they're doing, and then you hear what another country is doing, and you're like, how did that country use this to derive this meaning right. from this? And it's kind of like, mm, I would like to see that because, you know, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. But it, but it is cool to see the way they put things together. Uh, I will I will say one, one complaint, not about the film at all, but due to the nature of the film, seeing it in an envir- environment where, like... Something is speaking, and you definitely can't understand it, and then a character says what that means, and you have to wait a scene before understanding what that... Like, first you didn't hear the word, right. because, like, like, the place that... Like, we saw it at the Alamo Draft House, and, like, while the sound's fine there, usually there is all there is a little bit of, like, a weird distancy. Like, if you're not sitting in the right perfect spot, yeah. sometimes dialogue can be muffled. It's like, if a character says a word that's poor English, right. <laughs> and you're like, you're like what? what? What was that? And it's like... It's not that you're not following from like an intelligence level what the film's doing. It's like I literally didn't hear what he said. I would say ten percent of Forrest Whitaker's dialogue I missed in <laughs> in this film. Yeah, it, it's it's a thing where like this would be. A, a, I mean, this is not my this is not my verdict. But if you waited to watch this at home, this is like the perfect film to watch like with headphones on and being fully immersed in this uh, world because the audio. And all that stuff would be like perfect, and you know, crank that shit up, and then you could just right. feel the. Yeah, um, yeah, it's good times. <laughs> I I feel you. I again, I don't even want to get into the criticisms because they did nothing to me. Yeah. Like a criticism would be, I think most secondary characters are fairly one note here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'm in contact suffered from this too. It's just the, the nature of this story where you have. 
the scientists and you have the government, right? And government is always just... <laughs> Michael Stuhlbart is just being typecast now as the, <laughs> the, the guy who behaves this way. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I do just him giving dialogue though is great. I just like whatever he's doing. He's always like, ah, even though I hate your character, you're still great. <laughs> he's a very serious man, um, <laughs> nice. but like his character and uh, Forrest Whitaker's character, I would say a lot of that dialogue is fairly clunky. Like like they exist only to provide exposition for the scientists to say out loud that they maybe wouldn't say otherwise yeah but yeah. I, I, I don't even want to talk about it. i don't even care it, <laughs> it, the it, movie is just too good it's too beautiful yeah, for me yeah. to care about things like that but but it did it did bring i don't know if it was intentional humor or just the way our audience responded but there were some moments like when he's like let me play you four seconds of audio can you understand their language yeah <laughs> and, and like everybody is like what the fuck? yeah like, it was pretty funny. Yeah, he was very, very strange. Speaking yeah. speaking of that, though, on a positive note, I loved the way this film tried to portray how a linguist would go about learning a language from scratch. Yeah. I've yeah. always wondered how that bootstrapping process works. Like, when you have no... We can't even know because as humans, we already have so much of a shared basis yeah, yeah. that I can see how the transfer learning happens when you get one human and another human together. There's so much in common with the way we live and the things we care about to, to an alien, right? To a completely different sort of creature. Yeah. I was wondering how the film was even going to go about this. Was it just going to show her listening repeatedly to sounds and then one day being like, I've got it. <laughs> or yeah, was it yeah, going yeah. to? Well, yeah, cause, cause I mean, we, we have, she's being paired with a mathematician. Right. And, um, you're, you're, you like from the, I mean, you, you said you didn't see the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in the trailer, there's like her drawing lines and you see like, <laughs> you know, you see like the, the computers doing yeah. the spider web thing and you're just like, okay, so it's going to be some math thing. Cause you know, like math is the language of the universe and all that jazz. Right. Um, but I love like, there's even a scene though, like where one guy's like, huh, they don't understand our algebra. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. Cause like everybody's like, oh, well math will be the way, like you always hear people talk about how like math will be the way we'll communicate with aliens because like, like we don't even know if they're like, if they're sub vocal or, or what, but math is the way the universe works. And if they can power them, if they, if they can, obey the laws of nature in a way that allows them to travel through the, the universe. And they should at least understand that stuff because in order to make that travel possible, you would have to have knowledge of the right. existence of how math and physics and yeah. shit works. So it's, it's interesting that in this film, they're like, nah, that's not the way you do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, though, I think, I think the algebra statement maybe is tied more specifically to things we learn about these creatures and yeah. the way they perceive things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Didn't go that route. That is a, I would say I don't want to keep bringing up contact, but that's just the clear frame of reference for me with this yeah, film. Yeah. I can't remember a film since that that has had this idea so wonderfully captured. Yeah, um, yeah. And it really explicitly forked from contact where <laughs> Jodie Foster is uh, is uh, Jeremy Renner in this film. <laughs> and Amy Adams goes a completely different route in her body of work. Yeah. Um, and I just loved that the film fleshed that out. I, w- I was so interested. I, w- I wish I could have seen more of them piecing through the puzzle. Because yeah. the film kind of provides enough to know how they start. And then it flashes forward. I think Contact does similar stuff, actually. It flashes forward to start giving us the payoff. And it doesn't yeah, yeah. let us spend so much time wrestling with them. And I think, I think watching that, like, it's not really a montage, but it's sort of a montage of them, like, starting to get an idea of what's going on and like then like where that logically progresses to their next mm-hmm. attempts. And I think that watching that is part of what made me think about um, maybe this was a novel, like it, it very much in in, uh, in like The Martian where you're like, OK, well, there's we get a few key scenes of him being sciencey, but there were probably in the book. It's like chapter after chapter of, I assume, uh, like this is how he's solving problems. So I would expect like if this was a full length novel, there would be long stretches of time where it's explaining how like languages work. And right. um, so I kind of like had that assumption. But knowing that it's a you know, it's a short story that makes sense why other themes weren't explored that are like sitting like off in the periphery. Um, so, but yeah, I don't right. know. I, I kind of meandered around that point, but it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. This is a film that's very hard to talk 
too much about without going into spoilers, I yeah. think. I, I don't even know what to say at a high level without that, other than saying that I think this has a near-perfect proportion of influences. It, it works great as a sort of art house flick. It, it has wonderful beats of that. It works, I think, phenomenally well as a sci-fi, at least to a point, which is the point that I care about sci-fi yeah. being. And it tells a really just wonderful emotional story about yeah, a human yeah. being. And, and it looks beautiful. I, I, I don't know what else to say. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, should we do our thing and do a verdict and then get into spoilers? Yeah. All right. So, verdict time. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, if you're going to give it a say must-see, a record with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Must-see. Uh, maybe my most uh, enthusiastic of our recorded <laughs> reviews so far. Yeah, I'll give it a must-see as well. Um, this film did not disappoint. Um, it's, you know, like I said, there, there are these little things that part of, like, part of the internal crisp, which if you're a long-time listener, you know that I have some things that uh, I get stuck on sometimes. There's a little bit of that in there. Um, so if you have a little bit of Chris in you too, <laughs> then then there'll be things to think about. Uh, but in general, this is just a great film, um, and I loved uh, pretty much every moment of it. So, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so that is the verdicts, two must sees. Uh, we're gonna wrap the main part of the review up right now, and then get on into spoiler sections. So for the people who aren't gonna stay with us for spoiler, Stephen. Where can people find you throughout the week? Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Uh, music for this episode will be some crazy ass ambience sounds like yeah. uh so hopefully you're enjoying Just that zerg noises from starcraft <laughs> yeah, yeah um or or the or the fun uh swiss army man <laughs> soundtrack yep. sounding stuff uh that was pretty great uh, but yeah you're listening to that right now music is going to fade up and then when it fades back down we will be in full-blown spoilers so if you don't have a translator with you <laughs> You best go get one. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Alright, so we are back. This is spoiler territory for a review of Arrival. Um, if you haven't seen the film yet, this is full-blown spoilers, so if you're listening, you are ruining um, some very interesting stuff. Yeah, and, and um, I should say, if you have not seen it, you should not listen to this. <laughs> like, you specifically, <laughs> yeah. there are movies that are okay being spoiled. I, I do it all the time. Yeah. This is not a film that I would want to go in knowing how it ends. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's worth your time to just go see the film. You can pause this, you know, that's a, that is the technology that is available. Mm -hmm. Pause this, go see the film, and then come back and you can listen to the rest. Um, so, before we start... Do we want to call a moratorium on spoiling Contact, Interstellar? Like, do we want to just say, like, we're not going to make those comparisons and we'll just talk about the details without... I relating? feel like we have to I just spoil too late, all of I've them. <laughs> and everyone know. Look, you guys, you guys all know how Contact and Interstellar ended, right? Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm listening for their answer. Yeah. Uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. Peace. All right. We're good. Um, yeah, so th those are things that we're going to spoil because, I mean, there are a lot of similarities between these films on very many right. levels. There's, there's literally a five-dimensional Tesseract yes. moment in this film. Um, but as we said before, like, it is a moment that rings much more true, um, both contextually to what we've been presented with leading up to that, um, but also just from the standpoint of, like, it's be, because the the person has been given a thing that allows them to like get glimpses of different. It, it's not them reaching into a thing and playing like gravity guitar on like some things and then causing things that like set right. things in motion. It's a character understanding that 
like time is a flat circle right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we're, we're, we're seeing the character dip into not changing moments but literally remembering moments that haven't happened yet uh, yes. which, which is an interesting concept like the idea that uh while time well, well so one 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 nitpicky thing is uh, time is not linear. Well, yes, it's linear. It just it just uh, it's a circle. Like it's still you're only moving in one direction, right? Sure. Non-linear would be like some sort of diverging timeline thing, right? Yeah, but well, potentially I, I, a line I, a line never intersects itself, right? But but a s- circle like the uh, <laughs> circumference of a circle is still a line, right? Well, linear means a straight line, so like. Moving around on the globe is a non-linear motion because you can head in one direction and come back, like wind up where you left. Anyway, this is all very mathematical. <laughs> non-linear is a proper term for, for okay. what they're describing. All right, because it, it just seemed because I mean, like you know, we're talking like Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. <laughs> sail one direction, get the other direction. Yeah, um, I feel like you're still moving in a line, but because it wraps around on its like, anyways. A linear means flat, basically. Okay. Yeah. Flat circle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the real thing we learn is that love is the one thing that transcends time right. and space. What, what's so, uh, to this movie's endless credit, I did not even immediately think of the interstellar comparisons when <clears throat> the film made its big reveal, which you already said time is nonlinear. What it, re- what it really is is that these creatures perceive time not in some sort of flowing structure but all at once right yeah um and they are imparting this gift upon amy adams's character via their language because the way they think about the world is represented in their language where it's one circular thing where you need to know everything all at once to express it yeah yeah and that should have felt very much like Interstellar, where there are even very specific things where you go back to this home in a farmland-type area and you see symbols and signs that were you giving yourself instructions. Yeah. You know, But it didn't even cross my mind when I was watching it because I was so into what the film was doing. Yeah. I, I was just agreeing with everything it chose to do with this moment. And because it didn't feel preachy or arrogant about it, it didn't seem like it thought it was being really clever. Yeah. It seemed like it thought we are going to make a statement about life, almost in an eternal sunshine sort of way. We are going to talk about the the recurrence of things. And yeah. if you know the end and the beginning, does it make it less meaningful? And it... it it just worked <laughs> so so well for me. Yeah. Well, so so there's. I mean, this is where um, I don't even know. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll technically be like nerding out on time travel stuff. I'll just be like, mm-hmm. I'll be time traveling out on time travel stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, but first, before I lose my own track of mind. Um, so in, in Interstellar, it's one character realizing that a thing was him and then right. acting upon it. This is a character at some point in time having no knowledge of this event taking place and another character knowing that it took place acting upon her and her remembering it from the past. Right. So it's for some reason that makes it so much better than playing gravity guitar to, to write Morse code on your daughter's floor. Well, what, what I like about it too, is it really leans into this concept of time being everything at once because if you think of it only in a linear way, which is tempting to do, even when you know this, like, the linear way to describe this is she can see the future. Yeah. That's like the linear time way of describing it. But it isn't true. There are points all across her timeline that are converging to this moment. And I think there, there's no better way to make that happen and just completely buck this feeling that you want to piece together how it all worked yeah. than having the other character come up to her and tell her a thing she'd already done. It's like it's literally looping. Like that's yeah. what it is. It's looper, right? <laughs> but, but that's the thing is it, it's it's the so the point is not time that is time is cyclical. The point is that there is no start and stop to any given event. Right. That like so one when you talk about time travel, and this is where like we start to get into the weeds here. Is that there? You know, so you have different theories like the branching timelines, like linear, like only one path, and then you have like looping. Like there, there's 
there, there's like a bunch a bunch of these ideas, and what this is saying is not that like so. So you get into this paradox of like right like oh does like you know Terminator three or four whatever the one it is where like you find out that the reason why John Connor became a spoilers for whatever Terminator it was by the way the mm-hmm. reason John Connor became the leader of the resistance is not because he was like super awesome but because he was told to go to this bunker and when he got there everyone was gone. And people were told to radio on this frequency and get help, and he answered the call. Like basically, yeah. like that's all of it, right? Like that's like the oh, mm-hmm. boom, mind explosion thing, right? Is that like he fell into this role? Like he was told he would be this thing, and when he got there, he became the thing, not because he actually had some sort of innate like leadership skills, but because he answered the phone right yeah. when it rang. Like that's, I mean, I'm I'm simplifying things, but like that's sort of like the big reveal there. And this like that becomes a problem, right? Where you're like, oh well, if he goes back in time and does this, then does he stop this from? Having what this is saying that all these events exist on a circle and no event initiates it it's all things that always happen always like right um but then what what like the really crazy thing is when you when you think about like she she is realizing the truth by remembering these things but the things only give her the, the nothing that she's remembering is solving the equation it's simply letting her realize that she is Right. Understanding, right? There, there's not agency here, or at least not in the not in the normal way of describing it. Yeah, like like what is being revealed to her is not technically the answer. Mm-hmm. Like besides when like she figures out that she needs to call the leader of the Chinese Yeah. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> um the uh what she is what the reveal to her is is just that this is happening. Like most of the information she gets through the reveal doesn't help her with anything right like th- yeah. it's just things that allow her to understand that oh this is crazy right <laughs> um so there's technically no reason for her to continue down this path right like her character makes a statement of like uh she says to who will eventually become her husband um uh she says if you could see your whole life laid out in front of you would you change it and there's technically none of the events that require that arc to actually happen in that way, right? But she still chooses to go through with it sure. because she's she remembers it. Yeah. Like so, there's something really interesting. Is usually when you're looking at like loop, looping timeline things, like the ways to think about it is like your attempts to stop something cause the thing from happening. But this right. isn't that. Like she just goes along with it. Well, well, this is a much more zen look at it. I yeah. guess. this is not a thing like Looper. Where you are imagining a person at one point looking forward, I'm I'm doing finger gestures that won't work here. I'm imagining at any point on a circle, you can draw the tangent line and draw an arrow to where it's pointing. And imagine that that person has agency and is choosing to steer in one direction or the other. And this film is not trying to do that. This film is just trying to say, this is all of it. She is a part of this whole now. She's a part of this thing. And... There is no beginning or end. I I also think I, I mentioned before that even if this had not been the literal text of the story, I would have loved the allusions to it because there's just so much imagery in the film that yeah. fits this. Like, you know, the birth mirroring the death of her child, right? In both yeah. cases, it's someone small in a hospital bed that she's, you know, picking up and putting down and she's whispering the same things to her. And it's yeah. just very, just a very powerful image i think of of life being life being the whole thing it not being one trajectory so much as the fact of all of it is what your life is um and and that that feeling and the the emotional weight of what she is discovering in that moment when she opts into this life yeah and she She's seeing everything flash out before her eyes and all of that informed what she's done before. That was just such a a powerful human statement Yeah. that I honestly, I wasn't even trying to figure out the order of events anymore. Like I, I could nitpick, okay, so does that mean back when she was a professor, she had not yet had a child? Why was her mom asking how she is? This feels like someone who has had this before. Yeah. Who was she addressing at the beginning of the film when she said she used to think this was the beginning? Because now by the time she has gotten to that point, she already knows it's not the beginning, yeah. et, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it, it's a more holistic thing, I guess. She's yeah. imagining her life 
as having gone through as a timeline and now she's seeing it all spread out yeah. at once. But the beginning is like her choice to go through with everything now having known that she has access to everything that she's gone through. Like yeah. it, it's a good thing where it's like the child's birth was not the beginning. The beginning was when she realized that this is all about to happen. Like right. it's it's a yeah. really jacked up thing. Which is also interesting because there, there's the scene where she's talking with her daughter and she's like, oh why did daddy leave us, right? And she's like, oh because I like so she's like that scene felt so weird in the moment because like the thing that she told her was like oh by the way our daughter is going to contract some horrible cancer right. that's going to kill her but like at the time you be, before cuz at that point you don't really know exactly what's happening so you're like why is she telling her child that her child is unstoppable when she's right. clearly going to be stopped like yeah. in the next few years and it felt like just super weird and then it's kind of like okay i i now it's like it starts to fold back on itself yeah. and you're like, OK, yeah. So that Something is like that at that moment, my brain was like it was doing the Homer Simpson thing mm-hmm. where like he pauses and then it goes inside of his head and you see all the gears going yeah. around. And then like I pull out. I'm like, OK, OK, yeah. I know what's going on now. No, I mean, this was um, that was my, what I went through, too, when that moment happened. I was afraid for a brief moment that this film was going to do this sort of maybe more looper than Interstellar, this this thing where it was going to introduce a a strange mystical element to her past yeah. in a way that wouldn't ring true to that character. At like, if that character had actually done all those things before, she probably would have remembered it, right? She would not be this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the way it folded in on itself in the end where it made this be her future, not her past, I it corrected all sins for yeah, me. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think emotionally it totally works. It, there are still a few moments where it's like we, we've, seen, we've seen a child die and then, like, when the, when they are first arriving at the place, and the doctor asks, like, "Oh, are any of you pregnant?" <laughs> and like, what's his face looks up at her, like, "You? I mean, I'm not pregnant because I'm a man." Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like a weird, there's a few moments where they're trying to, they're kind of lean, leaning a little heavily to misdirect you there. Yeah, um, but I also feel like they there are so many uh, emotional beats in the film that only made sense building to this moment. Like, there's a kind of immediate intimacy that. Uh, she shares with uh, Jeremy Renner's character a to the degree that it would have felt false if that were all there was right because it's just right away they are kind of hitting it off and of course we aren't seeing them throughout the month but every time he interacts with her it's in this very loving husbandly type but but he's like he's also impressed with like her as a person yeah and like, well, actually, what's really, really interesting is in, in a world in, in the universe where time does interact this way, like you, you think of the idea of soulmates, right? Mm-hmm. Like normally you think of like soulmates, love at first sight, like the normal way a film handles this is that like, oh, two people meet and like, oh, my God, instantly everything is perfect and they're together. But like in this context, like the reason two people are attracted to each other is because they're remembering the life they already have together. Like there, yeah. there, there's something like extremely romantic about the idea of like the reason you have that connection is because you've had that connection. Like mm-hmm. you are not feeling a new spark. You are simply remembering the relationship that you've already built in the moments that are leading up to the building of the relationship, which yeah. is like a crazy idea. Uh, but it's, it's pretty interesting. It's, it, it's so good. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I was, I, you, you probably saw me fidgeting on my computer cause I was digging for a quote that it reminded me of, but now I'm not actually sure if it's, <laughs> short enough to fit um okay i'll I'll just find one quote this is from i've used this a lot but it really fits here Uh, it's from good old neon the david foster wallace story Uh, and there's this moment towards the end uh, where the character is realizing that i I don't want to spoil it but i think you've spoiled it like on like three episodes ago (laughs) no but not not specific not not this specific way it's a life flashing before their eyes and they're seeing things all laid out at once yeah And it says, uh, uh, what if all this is unfolding in one flash you call the present, the first infinitely tiny second of impact, blah, blah, blah. Meaning what if now is infinite and never really passes the way your mind is wired to think it passes. So not only your life, but every single instant and every way to describe and account for your life flashes like neon shaped in a curved sign. Like basically you see your life stretching out making this shape like the aliens are doing, just like filling a sign in all directions at once. Yeah. Um, 
do- doesn't work <laughs> without the story. <laughs> but that, but that, Im- that, that image of like neon filling a tube and your life being any point in yeah. that location. Yeah. But the whole thing that it traces being what you actually are just was a... Something I something I liked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you. Yep. Uh, no, I, it's yeah, it's just, it's just a, a very very interesting story that like hits emotionally in a way that like it definitely could have have messed it up, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's there is a there is a universe in which this film tried to do all the same things and just was not good. But I think right. this really executes well in what it's trying to do, and um, yeah, for the most part. Uh, executes well enough for me to not care about the questions that it brings up that yeah. it never even attempts to to delve into. So I guess that is one thing I'm wondering. Did did you find anything specifically you found to be a hole or it's just the fact that it didn't try to explain it? So it, it's not it's not that it's a hole, but essentially these beings come to Earth because 3,000 years from now they're going to need our help with something. Mm-hmm. But it only takes them however long this is supposed to be in this story to be able to communicate with us mm-hmm. and teach us their language or enough of their language for us to be able to know their language, right? Enough to write a book about their language. Right. <laughs> um, why did they need to do this 3,000 years early? <laughs> like, they could essentially do that when they needed our help because it only takes a month. No, but maybe it takes 3,000 years for us to develop really, the technology really that we need. get it. <laughs> to develop the technology, yeah. <laughs> I, I think maybe there is more that they need from us than just the fact that we see time as yeah. a flat circle. Yeah, yeah but, it, but it's, it's just funny because like if, if you really like think about it, like so apparently... Whatever happens to them 3,000 years from now, it's clear that in the short story, no one ever even conceived of what that was, right? right. Like this, th- that was not supposed to be part of the story. It was just like the, the real part of the story is this language, um, the language being love, which transcends time and space. No, no, but the, the, the language being... What's your the, love language, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what all the five were, but, um, but anyway, so, so theoretically... On, on a flat timeline, right? On a straight standard, like, one direction, time is moving forward only. Uh, something happens. They look like these beings look out into the, the galaxy and they go like, oh, Earth. Earth seems to have enough of whatever to help us with whatever. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like, oh, they have Avengers now. Or, you know, like, what, yeah. what, whatever, whatever the scenario is. Like, something about Earth makes Earth a solution to their problem. But they don't have a problem until then. So, like, they're... Well, Dormammu is involved in this <laughs> yeah, universe. Yeah, exactly. That's why they need the language what, of time. Yeah, time is what we bring to the equation. Um, but, but yeah, so, so the... Yeah, like, it, it, just, it just doesn't make sense. Like, they need to go 3,000 years before they need our help to teach them a language which would theoretically die out before... Right. Like, so, uh, so, well, it, it, they, I, I think not only they on the human, on the alien life scale, the heptapod life scale, but yeah. on the whole scale of time, see things all laid out at once. So this yeah. is just a part of the whole that they need to make things okay. Like yeah. you can't think about agency in a world without time. So it's very, it's yes. really hard to try to ascribe why did they do this when they did it? It's just like they were making a thing. And this whole thing is what they were building. Yeah. And but, the way it connects is 3,000 years before. But like the... So in in like the Day the Earth Stood Still remake, or actually the original Day the Earth Stood Still, because in the remake it, they turned it into global warming bullshit. But like in the original one, the idea was that... You know, Earth. Global warming is bullshit, by the way. Let's, yeah. just, let's just be clear. Yeah, China made it up. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm joking, by the way. Yeah, okay, yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, I know, I know you're joking. I, I mean, it, it was like it, they took a story that was about nuclear war and turned it into like uh, we need to build an ark so that we can like live because Earth's gonna die. Yeah. Um, but in the original day, there stood still. You know. Uh, the, the world is like all the superpowers have nuclear weapons and eventually they'll reach the point where they're like they're leaving Earth, right? And mm-hmm. they will be a threat to the rest of the galaxy. So what they'll do is they will come down like 
structure shit up and that will lead to people realizing that like they need to de-arm and like they cause peace by having mass devastation right right that, that's sort of the idea and this isn't really like you you could argue or or the film could have taken the turn to where the beings realize that earth is going to destroy itself but by giving them this key to bring peace amongst all of them then like but that's not what the story about the story is is we need help 3000 years from now so we'll give you a language that allow you to understand that we'll need your help 3000 years ago but so they create a conflict by showing up that conflict is going to make the world turn on itself and essentially destroy each other potentially Right, because China's going crazy, and then Russia's going to go crazy next. Maybe. And then... it, it wasn't clear to me that those two things were related. Well, a bunch of people were pulling out of the United Nations, like... No, sure, sure. And, like... But I, I don't know that the world... I don't know that the world destroying itself was the sole reason they needed to give it this no, gift no. to undo it. No, no, I'm saying it wasn't. I'm saying that their arrival put the world in a state where it could destroy itself. Right. So I'm saying another film like Day of the Sim would have tried to take that route where maybe mm-hmm. the aliens were trying to purposely put people like Earth in a peaceful state before right. it destroyed right. itself to make them move on so that they can have sure. babies. But that's not what this is doing. But But what, like... Aliens arrive, they put the Earth into turmoil as everybody mm-hmm. competes to try to figure out what this thing is because I think there's this weapon. Mm-hmm. Everything gets made peaceful by Amy Adams telling the Chinese guy, whatever his... I don't know what their structure's like. Yeah. <laughs> but, General Tsao. Uh, yeah, by, by, tell, by telling him that, hey, this is what your dying wife said to you. Like, oh, cool. Rosebud. Every, <laughs> Nice. So he's like, okay, Rosebud, and everybody's like, oh shit, I'm withdrawing all my weapons. Like, mm-hmm. there's a series of like, the 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 emotional beat of that moment of of him congratulating her her years later, like this is what you said to me, like, and that being memorized, like that is super awesome emotionally. But like when you really break it down, of like, okay, so the only reason there's conflicts because the beings arrived. The only reason the beings arrived is because they need our help three thousand years from now. But it's like well, you don't know what the problem is, but they arrived caused a problem which is then solved by simply remembering something that you can only know because it happens later but then well but that was her just her way of communicating that there's something bigger they were giving us something bigger and this isn't about war yeah but you would think like it's not clear that anybody besides amy adams ends up with the ability to understand the language fully right Sure. I mean, she's writing a book about it. If everybody, like, you would not need a book. If It's sort of like the book that the crazy abducted person writes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's, the, it's, especially considering, like, they're just boxed up, like, nobody bought it, right? Like, she's teaching it in her class, yeah. but, like. Yeah, but it's unclear, but at the same time, presumably people do understand it through that and gain that ability because that is the gift they're giving humanity. So humanity will be able to help them in the future. I don't think it's only her that gets this. But but that's the thing is nothing in the film really communicates that anybody else had anything from it. So the and, the only argument to the contrary in the film is they talk about immersion therapy being the way that you absorb this and immersion therapy could only happen if you were with the aliens yeah. in that moment. Yeah. But but that's but that's kind of the point I'm trying to make is that like the beings cause a global conflict, mm-hmm. which is resolved simply because one person, an American, <laughs> yeah. has an ability to see information that we shouldn't have. Theoretically, that makes America a threat to the other countries, right? Because they now have a power that all of the other ones thought they were going to get. So really, mm-hmm. they stop a conflict by creating a new conflict, but also 3,000 years from now, we'll need your... Like, so it, it's, it's a series of things that start to crumble away. As, as you peel back the onion, the mm-hmm. pieces just fall off and they don't taste very good. Yeah, but it's not a circle anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so it, it's, that's, that's where like part of my brain is like, well, it's only bothersome because that wasn't thought about, right? It's clear that yeah. like. Yeah, it wasn't. I, and to me, to me that's ro- fine. Yeah, to me, yeah. that is a black box that's meant to be a black box. Yeah. It is, we don't know why they did this. Yeah. We don't see this because we are just seeing this in time and they are seeing this broad view of the way the universe is going to work. Yeah. And 
any way they address that. I guess you would prefer maybe that they didn't address it, but they 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 treated it in a way where you believed there's an underlying reality that they just aren't telling you. Whereas the film clearly goes in such a way that there is no underlying reality to the situation. Yeah, like, I don't even know what I would want. It's just, like, there is... So, so I, I'm, I'm going to spoil Independence Day Resurgence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you really care about that film... I think, I feel like in that episode we even didn't care about spoilers. But anyways, there is a being that arrives on Earth that basically says, like, yeah, the aliens that were trying to wipe out you just like laid waste to like all of us, but we uploaded ourselves into these machine robots. Mm -hmm. So we're giving you a technology that will help you defeat these aliens. So the end of the film is like, yeah, let's go to their planet and fuck them up. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's like how independence day resurgent ends. Right. So it's all about like a thing, an all knowing being arrives to us, but it's like, if you're so powerful, why didn't you just fight? Like you're giving us a technology. Why can't you make a rock? You can't lift. (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) Um, but like, so it's, it's this really silly thing of like, there's this thing and we thought that was what we needed, but really they're here to help. But we thought maybe they were there to hurt us, but they're really just here to give us a, a, a weapon that we can use to fight against these things. Yeah. And this film is like doing the emotional version of that. Right. And it works so well, but it's like, you still like, like it's one line where they say like, we will need your help in 3000 years. Like without that line, if we never, sure. if we never even hear their intention, yeah. but we, we understand that she re- like, for some That's reason, just telling me that there's a 3,000-year gap before an event takes place, it, I, I, I guess, I mean, I, I guess I understand that if a being says we're all-knowing and we're giving you the ability to be all-knowing, you have to have a thing they all knew to give them a reason to want to let you know, right? Sure. Like, so I, I see the idea of like, you know. No, I mean, I understand. A, a film where they don't say that. Where they simply say this is this is the gift. Yeah, this is the gift. The, the language, and then is the they gift. leave. It's true that that would have been just as strong. Yeah. It it makes me think, perhaps the book, even if it doesn't have a re- reality beneath this, yeah. maybe the book does more with that statement. Yeah, like the significance of it, if not the reality of it. Well, like, and the film felt like it should include it. So, so there is, I think I've referenced this game a few times on the podcast over the years, but there's a game co-written by Orson Scott Card, at least the dialogue's co-written by him, um, and it is called Advent Rising. And in this story, a ship arrives orbiting Earth. Actually, I don't think it's actually in orbit because it's a huge freaking ship, but it mm-hmm. arrives sort of following Earth around the sun. And... Um, it just sits and like downloads all the data of the planet for like three months or something like mm-hmm. that and then makes contact because by then it's learned our language and it has these yeah. translator things that like wiggle into your ear and then you can understand the language of the things. Babblefish. Uh, yes. Uh, is that like a hitchhiker's guide yeah, thing? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so th- this sort of thing is going on. And what it turns out is that he- the human race is on the verge of this evolutionary step that will give some people... Uh, literal powers, right? Like, we'll just call it mutants. That's not, like, this is, like, more pure, like, just to simplify it and ground it in, like, stuff that's out nowadays. It's, like, Mm -hmm. people are going to have, begin to have powers that make them, uh, once again, a threat to the universe, right? So there is a being of creatures who are on their way to Earth to kill them all. Mm -hmm. And basically, these, this good race of aliens showed up and basically learned our language three days before the earth is about to be attacked mm-hmm. and you are sort of trying to fend off this attack. Um, and it's like they arrived and we spent time trying to communicate with them. And the result was, Oh, by the way, you guys are in grave danger and some shit's about to go down. Oh shit. Time's up. It's going down now. Yeah. Like, so it was like that, that's, they arrived to warn us of something. And in this film, they're not, they're not here to do anything but give this away. And, there's for some reason a strain maybe maybe a loop is exactly like six thousand years long (laughs) they're they're just trying to get there from like the through the diameter of the time circle Mm -hmm. to share like it's just it 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 just because it wasn't a thing that was thought of it makes me wonder about it Mm -hmm. and then because 
you know, the real problem is that there literally is no answer. So nobody yeah. could tell me. Yeah, there is none. I couldn't even get the writer drunk and ask them and have them give me a reasonable I, I do, answer. I do wonder if little things are sprinkled in, though. Like the fact that the door opens and closes every 18 hours, roughly, probably not exactly. Why would they be on our hour system? Yeah. Um, but the fact that it opens and closes at that interval... I wonder if that also says something about the way they perceive things, where all of these conversations are happening on this circle, and each one is this little notation, right, being yeah. added to it. And that gap is just the way, the way things are. Yeah. Um, I, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> You're just saying it's all about the numbers. Yeah, I... I just, I really, I enjoy so much what the film did with yeah. her life. And it, basically, the film is asking us to watch it as if we are her, meaning we have realized that the, the at any given moment, the direction and motivation is not the important thing. The important thing is the whole of it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that is what, but it gives us when when I think back now to all these moments where it shows her life, the way she is reacting when when Hannah is born, uh, when Hannah dies, when she, quote, learns these things yeah. that she already will have known. There's this kind of detachment where she's present, but she's almost like watching it. Right. Like she's yeah. someone who she she knows something that we don't know. And. I feel like the payoff for that at the end is just really, really wonderful. <laughs> so here, so here's a question for you. This is, I think this is the question. This is not the question the film is asking, but I think it's a question that the other good side of like the, the, the not nitpicky side of Chris wants to ask based on the context. So mm -hmm. let's throw another film into the mix. Eternal, About Sun time. Eternal sunshine okay. and spotless yeah. mind. So in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, like the you know the for anybody who hasn't seen it, the uh, there is a device that allows you to remove memories, but in order to remove them, you sort of have to like relive them, yeah. and then in during the process of like being semi-conscious during the removal process allows you to realize that maybe the memories are something you want to hold on to. Mm. So in this world, she has averted the catastrophe. She's the only one that can really tap into the time wheel. She has the choice to not get together with Jeremy Renner, not give birth to a child that will die of cancer, and not end up alone, right? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a... Like, technically, because she's remembering it already. So, like, you can look at Eternal Sunshine style, where it's like you've lived through a relationship, and there's good and there's bad. And could you go back in time and erase it? Yes, but you would also be erasing the good. Right. She technically hasn't lived through... like. It's weird because but like she has she has, but there's no reason she has to, right? But but she's so here's where I would bring in yet another film about time, <laughs> uh, because that that film I'm just gonna spoil all all movies now. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, there's no big spoiler. Here. One concept in about time is that you can travel back in time, but children present an interesting roadblock because they are a thing that would not have existed had all events not led to this precise yeah. moment happening. And I think that's where this movie deviates from Eternal Sunshine is this is not so much her seeing just the relationship, but her seeing Hannah yeah. and Hannah as this force. And she will, she will be alone, but Hannah will not have existed and Hannah is such an important thing that she misses already yeah. that she needs to have that happen. So she is kind of making this decision to opt into this entire life yeah. to live in a world where Hannah is. But also because she has this uh, remembery power, she technically is not away from Hannah because at any moment she can relive... <laughs> But if I, I mean, this is why time travel doesn't make sense in general. <laughs> if she could fork it, then Hannah would not be in her future. So there may be no, there may be no agency here at all, right? There, maybe there is nothing to be done. She just becomes this 
Zen person who sees all things no, no, but, as they are. But my, my point was that having lost Hannah, she hasn't lost her because she can be in the moment of having her at any time because she just has to remember it with the circle of magic. <laughs> yeah, but if she didn't opt into it, it wouldn't be a thing for her to be able to remember. Yeah, yeah but she's uh, my, my point is that like by opting into it and accepting the loss... She's never really lost it because she can always be in the moment before she lost it. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like you. It you know it's, it's it's like other things that I don't want to spoil because they're contemporary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you, you have. I, 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 there, there's an ability to hold on to a memory, not just as a fleeting thing that you sort of remember at a point in time, but you can remember it concurrently. Mm-hmm. So you can know that this happened and re-experience it through this language that is the whatever she called it I right what, the, for, the heptapod language yeah but there the, whatever was the it was like the the lunar language or something or yeah there, there was a name there was a name lunier for her hmm. i feel like it was moon based <laughs> um yeah i don't know so you're saying you would opt into it also i i think in this situation, one one can do nothing else. One must octopus. <laughs> no, seven is plenty. <laughs> that eighth leg would just be a crutch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the statement of of the film one of one of many, right? Yeah, yeah. is that life is meant to be taken holistically as a beautiful thing with ups and downs, which are like marks and indentations on this circle. Yeah. And it is a beautiful thing. And she's seeing the beauty of it in that moment. And no matter what your life is, something like this will happen. It might not be as dramatic as the Hannah experience, but something will happen that isn't up and down and you can opt into that or you can be, unhappy (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so one last question do you think there will be an abundance of children born this year named hannah (laughs) hannah i i will say the moment she said her name was hannah i knew palindrome was going to be a big deal (laughs) good times (laughs) i think more children will be named hannah because of this movie than the movie hannah i hope so yeah. Because this film was much better than the other Hannah. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, yeah, so any any closing thoughts? Watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you already watched it. Otherwise, you went against my, my advice. Yeah. But, Stephen, they've always gone against your advice. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, Maybe yeah. I already spoiled it in the future. And they remember it now. Yeah, they remember when you made that Chewbacca noise. Then suddenly they had a little (laughs) fleeting memory of the future. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's a review. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed the movie too, because uh, we sure did. (laughs) So thanks for joining me, Stephen. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.